The How Dare You podcast is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys and Tuity Fitness. The How Dare You podcast contains explicit language. Because we learned it from you, Dad. Hello and welcome to Eat a Dick. Hello and welcome to the How Dare You Podcast. This is the Nightmare on Elm Street edition, a teachable moment. Time to learn, Lady Chu. My name is Chance of the How Dare You Awards, coming to you from Pacific Beach. Joining me, the lady who's here to learn a little something about something, Lady Chu. Hi, Chu. <laughs> hey, Chance. You know, fun fact, I didn't know until about five seconds ago. I couldn't remember if we were doing a teachable moment. God how dare you. <laughs> Fuck. But I loved this movie. So I was like, if this was a how dare you. <laughs> What a pleasant surprise. Since you didn't know, does that mean you took grievance notes? I take notes, but my score is good. My score is good. <laughs> it better be. This is a seminal <laughs> horror movie, you jackass. I couldn't remember. <laughs> Fucking fuck. I got halfway through and I was like, fuck, I'm enjoying this. Is this a how dare you? It can't. It can't be. This is good. This is fun. So it worked out. Well, good. Otherwise, you would have been fucking disappointed. I am mad. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> this movie was so fun. Well, that part you got right. Yeah, you just said, "Hey, we're doing Nightmare on Elm Street." I'm like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> Because I just remember that saying that I wanted to do a horror movie, and uh, that was all I remember. I can't remember what we were doing, but you and I were doing some show, and at some point you mentioned you'd never seen Nightmare on Elm Street. Shocker. And this was after I listed about four movies that I'd like you to see as a teachable moment. And then I said, hold the phone. Wait. Fuck. Now, God, Jews ruined it all. All right. It has to be Nightmare on Elm Street, for fuck's sake. <laughs> So you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, frankly, you're lucky I remember That's who true. you are. I'm supposed to be the old one. So. You're the one with memory problems. Probably going to get dementia at 40. <laughs> so. <laughs> Everyone say a prayer for my husband. Chu suffers, Chu suffers from movie dementia. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with oh, space yeah. dementia. Don't fuck that up with space dementia. Oh, there's nothing better than that fucking line reading. Oh my god. So good. He's I... got space dementia. <laughs> I mean, honestly, how did they how many takes did that take? That's a fair point. Surely a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I 
fucking love it so much. William Fickner, I think, right? I mean, it's yeah, it's Buscemi that has space dementia. It's Fickner that says he has <laughs> space dementia. Right. See, yeah. Chu, we keep coming back to the beginning. Armageddon. You hate that movie, and I said I don't recommend it because it gave me a headache for three days and gave birth to the How Dare You Awards, but. There is some. I swear to God, I was flipping channels the other day, and it said Armageddon was on. I almost turned to it. <laughs> it is something weird about it. I wouldn't say there's a magic about it, but there's something. It's not good, but it's utterly watchable. It doesn't make me mad anymore like it did on my first viewing. I, you know, the word that keeps coming to mind is questionable. <laughs> so, I'm just going to stick with that. Well, that leads us uh, into some of my first questions for you for Nightmare on Elm Street. But let's take care of some business first, Chew. Is this a how dare you movie? A Nightmare on Elm Street, Chew, has 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Thank you very much. It is a 19... Wait, what's the percent? 95%. Yeah. Rightly so. Yeah. It's a 1984 film directed by Wes Craven. Test time for Chew. I, I know. I know who it is. <laughs> what do you know? You know only one other thing, right? Birds? Did he do birds? I've seen that. Birds? I did not like birds. What are you talking about? Are you saying the birds? Yeah, that's right. I couldn't remember if there was a the or just like birds. Are you talking about Alfred way... Hitchcock's birds? Oh, fuck. Same thing. Ugh, barely. <laughs> damn it, Chew. Okay, who did Psycho then? Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> I guess I don't know the difference. Obviously. Oh my god. Oh, give me another hint. Give me another hint. Uh, oh man, a hint. Is Wes Craven old, or is he like kind of? He's dead. Well, they're both dead. <laughs> so that's not helpful. <laughs> Are you trying to picture the difference between Hitchcock and Wes Craven right now? Is that what's going on? For fuck's sake. No, I'm just picking out old scary movies and I have a, a large gap. I have like two to three decade gap in between Birds, Psycho, and Nightmare. <laughs> I think you're living in a nightmare doing this podcast with Absolutely. me. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, oh, for crying out loud. Wait, okay, give me a hint of a Wes Craven movie. Does it like big hint or small hint? Because a medium hint. <laughs> I'm not that smart. You got to give me a medium hint. Um, I'm trying to decide what would constitute. I just keep thinking of Tom listening to this. <laughs> Hi, Tom. <laughs> oh, he's having a good time. <laughs> um. All right, a medium hint. No, that's too big a hint. Let me think. Okay. Okay, wait. Here's a medium hint. Another series that he is extremely pop, that he created and directed all the movies for, except the most recent. Jason? Or whatever that is? Settle down. Spawned a spoof series. That's a medium hint. Boom. It is a medium hint. Fuck. 
You're going to have to cut out a lot of dead time here. I will do no such thing. <laughs> I will. <laughs> the audience will know. It's a horror. Uh, obviously, yep. it has to be a horror genre. I don't know. Hmm. Fuck. All right, just give it to me. What if I give you a big hint and say ghost face? Oh, scream? Yeah. Wow. I was never going to get that. <laughs> never. <laughs> I was thinking too old. I was thinking like 80s, not 90s, early 2000s. So that's my bad. Well, this movie's 84. I mean. Wow. Yeah, no, I wasn't going to get that. Obviously. You're confusing him with Alfred Hitchcock and the Birds, which was made in like 1963, it's by the way. Black and white. That no, the Birds. Was... Psycho, black and white. The Birds is color. No. Yes. I don't remember it that way. <laughs> Nonetheless, it was made in color. I mean, I believe you. I believe you. It's also been like. 25 years since I You know what's interesting it. too is Wes Craven he would have been I mean he would have been already born when the birds came out but he would have been probably 22 or 23 years old at the time but he really didn't start making movies until he was I think in his early 30s Oh wow Yeah Okay so age-wise not out of the realm of possibility that he could have done something like birds but just I understand. But he's not Alfred Hitchcock, so no. I I get it. All right, fine. (laughs) He did, however, come onto the scene with a movie called The Last House on the Left. Then he did the original, uh, both the original and its sequel, The The Hills Have Eyes 1 and 2. The original ones, Chew, not the remakes. He did Swamp Thing, Glorious. That's a 1982 movie, Chew. After this movie, he did things like Shocker and The Serpent and the Rainbow. Then we get into the Scream series. And in between Screams, he, you know, there's some other, like he did Red Eye, which is a really good, I think, thriller, if you remember that one. Is that the one with Rachel McAdams and Killian Murphy? Exactly. Yeah, I didn't see it. It's good. I literally just rewatched it a couple weeks ago. Nice. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, lady. I like Killian Murphy. He can get it. Is it Killian or Cillian? I don't know. I always thought it was Killian, but what the fuck do I know? Not much. You were right about... Um, what's her name? I don't remember her name, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> That was a terrible moment for me. <laughs> the fact that Chu was right. It doesn't happen often, so. Um, that's going to bother me now. Now I, I have to sit here and, and I got to get that name. Uh, Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly. Nice. You were right about Jennifer Tilly, so congratulations. Thank you. This movie had a budget, Chu, of $1.8 million dollars. An opening weekend of $1.2 million. It's listed on IMDb as in as having grossed in the USA 
25,624,000, and in the world, 25,685,000. Ooh. But it made more than that. I think, uh, you know, if you watch like, How Did This Get... No, not How Did This... That's a podcast. Uh, the Movies That Made Us. Yeah. Uh, on Netflix... I think it said something about $47 million, so it probably includes maybe uh, rentals, you know? Yeah. Because that was another thing that helped horror movies of this time was the video market. All right. Enough babbling. Obviously, Chew, this is a teachable moment, so we're not going to talk How Dare You Awards because it's not a How Dare You movie, jackass. I didn't think that it was. I just couldn't remember. And then I was like, this is good. So I'm so happy. How dare you? I'm so happy that you're saying it's good. Before we get to my first question for you, can you please do us a favor? And let's have Chu describe the plot. Yeah. For who I don't know, because you're the only person I know (laughs) that would not have seen A Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, so we got this uh, crazy psycho finger knife guy. His name's Freddy. <laughs> um, he's psychotic, and he lives in dream world, whatever the fuck, and he taunts teenagers, and he tries to kill them, if not for any other reason than than the fact that he just wants to. Well, he can, so he does. I think we find out there is a reason. There's a well, quality reason. Well, we find out, reason. but we don't find out for a while. All right. Um. And uh, and then the teenagers, all the four friends, well, three of the four friends start to realize that they're all having similar dreams with the same guy. And then uh, he can kill you via dream. Yeah. Because he's B.A.D. bad. <laughs> uh, and then one of the friends, the well, kids start to get picked off one by one. Yeah. And one of the girls is like, you know what? I think we can get him. I think we can stop him. And so that's basically the base of the movie. No and bad things happen. Ton- bad things happen from start to finish. To the characters. Oh, yeah. But your bad things Not happen me. usually means the movie is creating bad things for us to watch. <laughs> right. It's usually both. Um, <laughs> to the audience, no bad things. All solid shit. Uh, bad things most definitely happen to the characters. And they're fantastic. <laughs> oh, So you had a good time. Oh, yeah. I laughed a lot, but not like, this is fucking stupid. This was like, this is excellent. Well, that's the one thing that's different. But to- have you seen any of the Freddy movies? No. <laughs> you don't have you serious? to look no. at me and say it like I'm an idiot. It's completely possible <laughs> that you, a movie novice and a jackass, would be flipping channels as a teenager and find, I don't know, like Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Look, based on the information that you have about me, it's safe to assume I haven't seen anything about anything. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> All right. Wow. I mean, I. so the, the interesting thing is, uh, I, well, I, I don't, sorry, my brain broke. <laughs> I was trying to decide which movies we could watch. Actually, 
all the movies except New Nightmare, we could probably watch as How Dare Yous. That's fair. I uh, believe that. So maybe come Halloween time, we'll make you watch some more Nightmares. Cause I feel like I liked Nightmare better than I liked Halloween. All right. What do you think about that statement? I, I know how you feel about Halloween. Well, just because Halloween is my all-time favorite doesn't mean it has to be everyone's all-time favorite. That is very big of you. Thank you. Welcome. There's a dick joke in there somewhere. But... I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even at 75, you can still grow. So nice job. <laughs> I could get it up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So my first question for you is, because this is a 1984 movie, when you're watching it for the first time like a complete idiot in 2022, (laughs) does the whole movie stand up for you? Like, does it hold um, up? Because there are uh, things yeah. in this movie even the filmmakers don't like. Uh, yeah, there was one huge grievance, but outside of that, um, I mean, it's 1984. I knew that going in. Yeah, right. So I'm not going to hold it to, you know, also present standards. Budget of uh, $1.8 million. That's and that sounds high, by the way, because on, on that the movies that made us thing. I think they talked about, I don't hear anything higher than 1.5. Wow. They say, yeah, we had about 1.2, maybe 1.5 as the most, but IMDb lists it as 1.8. And this, like, this was not an easy movie to get made to. The, it's sort of a, he's a famous kind of producer because This movie made New Line Cinema. Oh, wow. Which was started by Bob Shea. So he was like, Wes Craven had written this movie or at least had outlines for it, I think as early as 1971. He had been shopping this movie for years and nobody wanted it. No studio wanted it. Nobody. And eventually comes along this guy, Bob Shea, who just wanted to get into movies. He used to do things like find reels of reefer madness and other kind of like weirdo movies that Mm -hmm. didn't have a copyright or something. And he'd sell them to colleges. So anyway, he gets the rights to this movie. And he like he finds backers who then drop out. I mean, literally the day they're about to start. So the crew is told, listen, we have to find more financing. Can you work out? a week without pay and everybody just kind of says, yeah, okay. (laughs) Except one guy, like a couple of guys, I can't remember who, but one of the executive producers took out a loan on his house, like $9,000 or something like that and paid him with that money. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if this movie failed, New Line Cinema's done and Bob Shea never gets to make movies again ever. But that obviously didn't happen. Yeah, New Line Cinema is called The House That Freddy Built, based solely on this movie, which is pretty cool. That is cool. So, but anyway, the movie holds up for you, yes? Despite all of that, the movie holds up. 
yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I liked the I liked the plot. I liked the idea. Um, I liked the idea that the villain, um, like wasn't a ghost, but like, right. You know, you couldn't you couldn't get him. That's you know, the great wasn't... thing about this movie. Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, you know, any of your other big kind of franchises yeah. with that that include slashers. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. A... You can run away from them. Yeah. You have a chance. Yeah, but they yeah, they had this obstacle and be like, what if you just can't sleep? Right. Everybody's like, got to sleep. The whole idea of like you can't sleep. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. It's great, right? The fact that he was actually a monster instead of just some psycho killer. Mm-hmm. Like, he was, but he's also a monster. I like that. Because he's got powers within the dream yeah. state. Yeah. So what was your one big grievance? The bathtub scene. What? Like, Freddie, she's 15 and you're a pedophile fucking freak. You got your hand, your clay fucking finger knife hand coming up through her fucking badge. I'm not about it. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> Get your nasty ass hard on the fuck out of the bathtub. I didn't like any of that. She's a young girl and they're like, hey, can you like spread your legs a little bit? And then we're going to have this creepy hand come up through your crotch. That's not for me. So but wait, otherwise, are we talking about a grievance against the idea of the scene from the filmmakers or? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Because I think the actors just did it because, you know, maybe so- I don't know. They just did it because maybe they didn't see a problem with it at the time. Maybe they didn't feel like they could speak up. Maybe it just wasn't a big deal to them. I don't fucking know. I don't personally like it. She, like, if you want to pick but a grown-ass scary. woman. It is scary and kind of gross. Yeah, but you're but super vulnerable gross. when you're in the in a, in a bathtub like that. That's I think they're just playing on that. And Clear, Heather Langenkamp. Like her legs were open. Yeah. But it's a, She's a it, child. But it's not creepy. That's the other thing about this. I mean, it's creepy, but... Right. What I'm saying is, it's not creepy in the sense that this movie is different than other horror movies of its kind at that time. Because you don't see any nudity in this movie. No. So, that I appreciate. Yeah. And so, let's take this bath scene versus snowman rape scene. Obviously, the snowman rape scene is more banana offensive. sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, did not. Nobody needed to come up with that. Right. Um, yeah, this bathtub, the bathtub team. Plus, scene I'm ju- just impressed with how they did it. Yeah, like that was a real hand. Yeah. Somebody was in the water. But it's a bathtub with a hole mm-hmm. on the other end. Yeah. And then another kind of case underneath it that the guy would sit in and hold his breath. Yeah. And then put the claw up and all that shit. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. And spooky. Yeah, it's definitely like, ooh, hand in the bathtub. But I feel like they could have <laughs> shot it at a different angle instead of like, hey, I'm about to instead of the birthing give angle. Birth. Yeah. Oh yeah. Didn't need that. All right. Also, you know, the beginning uh, when Tina and Rod are having sex, um, it, you know, they're loud and stuff. And then you realize later, you're like, oh, she was 15. I'm like, oh, why are we doing this? 
Well, I think that's more the 80s of it all, because... Totally, and I get that. When you're 15, but... 16, 17, you do want to fuck. Yeah, you do, but when I When you're our mean... age, and you see a 15, 16, or 17-year-old, and you think, what? Yeah, what the fuck are, do you think you're doing? That's frightening. Terrifying. You think that's how old I was when I wanted to have sex? Dear yeah. God, please wait. Just wait. <laughs> Just wait. Just trust me. It's okay. You're going to be fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so I understand that's definitely an 80s thing. So maybe I'm just sensitive to that. Um, just being older, you look through it with a different perspective. But yeah, I didn't need I didn't need to sexualize the 15-year-olds. I hear you. You know, but otherwise... Uh, I feel a little better movie. that they were all 20 or around that yeah. age. For like, filming. I know they weren't actually teenagers. Um and I don't know why they'd the say idea. 15. They should, because that means they're, what, sophomores? Yeah. Probably. I just I heard mean, somebody say 15 make them seniors. or that say, Tina was Yeah, because they say that on the news report. They should have all yeah. just been seniors. It should. They all should have yeah. been 17 or 18. Agreed. All right, let's take a break. Cool. And then we'll come back and find out what else is great or terrible. But mostly great. Mostly great. Come on. All right. Right after this. Can I ask you a question? Do you like beer? I like beer. It's required by law that you like beer when you're living in San Diego, California, but even I can get confused and dizzied by the amount of choices that you can see at your local beer store. What's a person to do? I'll tell you what you do. You'll watch the Vegas Beer Guys, a live show on Instagram and Facebook and they will set you right as to what beers you should have in your life or should not have in your life. The Vegas Beer Guys are brought to you by Dan Aker, the beer professional, and Stephen Weiss, self-proclaimed beer novice. They'll drink beers for you and drink beers with you. Go ahead and check out their live shows, and they'll tell you which beers you should be having in your fridge. Everybody wants the perfect combination of molten hops in your life, and Dan Aker and Stephen Weiss are the perfect combination of fantastic and wonderful. Check them out on Facebook. Check them out on Instagram. Find them. You're going to watch their show and love their show. They give away free merch during their shows. So go ahead and check out the Vegas Beer Guys. What a great time. And we're back. Lady Chu and I are here discussing Wes Craven's 1984 seminal masterpiece, Chu. Not How Dare You movie, A Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> We're on the same page. Not directed by the director of The Birds or Psycho. If you say so. Also, this movie's in color, just like The Birds. <laughs> <laughs> With a gun to my head, I'd be like, no, Birds is black and white. <laughs> Were you ever a big fan of The Simpsons? Uh, I never got into them. Really? I just never put in the time. There's a great episode where, like, we're we're getting a lot of references, but Marge basically is doing a play for a streetcar named Desire. And that leaves Homer alone and... You know, there's like a moment where he can't get his pudding cap open, so he's screaming Marge. <laughs> he's like, Marge! Just like Brando does, you know? 
<laughs> Great. But one of my favorite parts of that episode is Maggie has to kind of go to daycare. And so, and the, the, whatever, the, the person who owns the, the daycare, who's kind of like a headmistress, is mm-hmm. very mean and she puts all the locks, like kind of, no, no kid can have a pacifier. She locks them all away. And so there's like this whole bit uh, referencing The Great Escape, well, I, which I will make you watch as a teachable moment, by the way. Okay. Uh, but the best part is Maggie goes on this quest to get all the pacifiers. So it's like very, very Great Escape inspired. And she gets all the pacifiers and she's handing them out. And so when Homer goes to pick her up, he opens the door and he goes, ah! and you just see all the kids sitting there sucking their pacifiers and it's an exact kind of replica of the last scene of the birds where they go outside and there's just birds yeah. everywhere and they're just yeah. trying to get to the car. <laughs> and so yeah. He's quietly stepping through the kids and he picks Maggie up and he slowly backs up and like puts his hand out to like make both Bart and Lisa back up. It's fucking great. It's pretty good. one of the all time best fucking episodes of the Simpsons. I just love it. <laughs> Anyway, back to Wes Craven's A Nightmare on Elm Street. So, I mean, where to go? I mean, we talked a little bit about the fact that this movie holds up. Was it scary for you, too, though? Uh, No. Really? Not scary. Okay. Yeah. I get that it could. I understand how it could be scary, but yeah. no, I, I wasn't scared. So that must just be the grown up. Has grown. Yeah. You have grown up. You're all gross yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Because this was one of those movies that I remember talking about with friends. You know, this and The Exorcist and Jaws. There are certain movies where because we were younger, we weren't allowed to see them in theaters. But then maybe your older brother or, you know, other kids, older brothers, they tell their younger brothers and then yeah. you talk about it together. I remember talking about Jaws. Oh, my God, this guy gets bit by a shark and he throws up blood. (laughs) You know, I remember being at a football game for my brother and we were talking about the exorcist and we started seeing shadows on the wall and thought there was a killer by the nearby school, but near the football field and Nightmare on Elm Street. Absolutely. One of those movies. Nice. Yeah. But also. Nightmare on Elm Street. I I snuck into and I saw in the theater. You're a thief. Yeah. Yeah. Proud criminal thing. activity. Don't mind. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, this wasn't scary. There's only ever been ultimately I think two movies where to this day I'm like fuck that movie. I can't watch it again. <laughs> scared the shit out of me. Sh- scared the shit out of me. And they're scary for two different reasons. Exorcist Number one. Okay. To this day, I can't. No, that's going to be a hard pass for me. Uh, Two, The Hills Have Eyes. I watched it once and I said, absolutely fucking not. The remake, I assume. No. Uh, Whatever came out in the early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. With Ted Levine. I don't remember it. I just I watched dad. it once. Oh, okay. And Ted I Levine's said, the dad, Chew, and he is also Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. I don't remember character or actors specifically. I remember the rape scene in the RV. Mm. And then 
you know, just after that, the whole movie, just the fact that there were actual people in the, you know, in in the the desert, in the hills, (laughs) not policed, not regulated. I hated all of that. Wow. That's scary. So. Understood. Two scariest movies for me. All right. Yeah. I think you should rewatch them. I fuck no. You can I, The Exorcist maybe, but you couldn't pay me to watch Hell's Have Eyes. Oof, no. All right. Nope, nope. Interesting. Uh, but this movie wasn't scary. I I would I had fun. Okay. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Never on the edge of your seat though. No. <laughs> and what do you think of Fred? Well, in this movie, he's Fred Krueger, not Freddy yet. There's a couple oh, things I, that are different, I, but. I, I did notice that uh, he was being called Fred, but it didn't occur to me that Freddy was never mentioned. Yeah. Interesting. But it was uh. a big deal because if you think of the Jasons and the Michaels of the world, they're mostly like they'd be played by stunt actors. Yeah. And so apparently that was a big thing. It was, you know, are we going to get a stunt actor? And Wes Craven at, at a certain point was like, no, we got to have an actor, an actor, yeah. actor. And Robert England. He, he has dialogue. Yeah. Like Michael Myers doesn't have dialogue because he's fucking stupid. <laughs> Easy. He just doesn't. All right. He just doesn't talk. Like what? He's dumb. You could say learning disability, but I'm not even sure if that's accurate. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't going that route. I just wanted you to get <laughs> called out like... for being a terrible person. <laughs> No, I didn't mean it in that sense. I'm okay. just like, why? Like he's killing people. At least just say something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, what'd you think of Robert England? Robert England at this time, the thing he was most famous for was playing sort of a comic relief character, an alien on the miniseries V. Do you even know what I'm talking about? No. You're a monster. <laughs> but it's interesting that his most of his experience would be, you know, comedy. And then he he's like, okay, now I got to I got to play a, a horror villain. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Well, I enjoyed him. Uh, I enjoyed that whole aesthetic. Uh, I enjoyed his dialogue. I enjoyed like who Freddy Krueger was. Yeah. Um. I love that he makes these ridiculous finger knives. Mm-hmm. So weird and love it. Um, That's the first thing you see. Yeah. Them and getting a made. tiny screen. Did yours come up tiny? It's 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 like, like the that. The beginning of the movie is okay. blocked like that. Like it's Got blocked it. off. And then once I think the fingers come through the curtain thing, it, we go to. It widens up. Yeah. I love that, you know, he uh, he rips open his chest and then there's maggots. Solid. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Cuts off his fingers and... Yeah. It looks like the juice from uh, the nitro from Vertical Limit comes... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, is he radioactive yeah. or what's going on there? He's strapping on the nitro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's great stuff at the beginning of this movie that so and what's great too. So let me ask you this. Did you think Tina was our hero? 
because we start with her dream and we're seeing her first. Yeah, I kind of thought she... I thought she was going to last longer in the movie. Yeah. So that was a nice little twist. I didn't think she was going to die. 17 minutes at least in. right away. Dead. Also, I thought John... Spoiler alert uh, to, I guess, nobody now because I'm the last person to have never watched <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. But I thought Johnny Depp was going to live. Did you? I did. He did not. Two of the all-time <laughs> best death scenes in horror movies ever. Tina and uh, Glenn? Yeah. Oh, I would agree to that. And what do you make of it? Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you make it? Like, as you're watching it, are you wondering how the fuck they did it? Yeah, I didn't even... Actually, uh, with Tina's death, um, I didn't even think about that. I was just like... I was uh, completely engrossed in it. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, they're killing her right away. And it's like, oh, Rod's going to... He's going to get nailed for this yeah, murder. He's going he just to, is. Right. Cause, and he's not helping, but at the same time, like, how are you supposed to fucking help? What do you do? And then She's on um, the ceiling. it definitely gave, <laughs> yeah, it definitely gave me like exorcist vibes, um, which was cool. Yeah, she got fucked up. Big time. She got murdered. So they built this entire room, and it's not, it's different than, oh, I don't know, like, say, uh, Inception. Inception. It's not like Inception. If you've seen behind the scenes mm -hmm. stuff of, of Inception, it's all kind of hydraulics. And so yeah. the room is moving itself. In this, you don't have hydro like the Like people had to turn the room. Oh, wow. And the room, the way it was built was like if you put something on one side, you'd have to counterbalance it with weight on the other. So right. the guy who built it had to take into consideration cameras that were going to be in the room, the actor... Basically, when she's on the room and you can see, uh, what's his name, Rod, like, like reaching yeah. up to her, she is on the floor, which looks like the ceiling, and he is... Reaching down. Right, but he's upside down. Yeah. So they're like, they mat his hair down so that it doesn't right. go up. Fall. And he's attached to the bot, like, you know... Nice. Like harnessed in, I think. Yeah, that's cool. It's crazy, right? And then they completely fucked up. Maybe I'll save it. I'll save it until we get there. But, you know, when Johnny Depp dies, when Glenn gets it, that's the same room, just redressed for his room. But shenanigans ensued, Chew. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. It's fucking Does great. Does he get stuck in the bed? No. Should we talk about it now? Yeah. So it's the same room. You have a hole built into the bed. Let's see. How did they do it? So I assume. So when, when he's pulled in, that's the floor. But then they turn it upside down, right? So yeah. that. He's being pulled up. And turn the camera upside down. So the, the bed is actually the ceiling so that yeah. the blood can come straight out. What they didn't consider was that there was so much. So there's like barrels of the blood and it starts coming out and there's so much blood that it starts to fuck up the counterbalance of the room and the room starts spinning on its own. Oh, shit. In addition, they have like live wires because there's a light on the what looks like the ceiling, but is actually the floor. So the blood comes out and hits it. 
and there's a short and everything's electrified. So the people that were standing up above with the blood holding on to, you know, metal, they all got a shock. <laughs> they all they all got electrocuted. Oh, shit. So Wes Craven, after that shot was finished, came out and said, this movie is completely fucked, but that's the most fun I've ever had in my life. Like, that was fucking oh amazing. <laughs> But that's how they created it. That's pretty cool. Pretty fucking awesome, right? Yeah, that's solid. All right. So at any rate, those are the big set pieces for the movie. Have you seen The Shining? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because that blood coming out of the bed was sort of an homage to the blood coming out of the elevators. Nice. Yeah. But... When we get Tina's death, you know, now Rod's fucked. The police are looking for him. But you can kind of see how Nancy is piecing things together. She's realizing, like, you know, Tina had a dream. Yeah. It's never directly said, but but because of great editing, you can tell that Johnny Depp's Glenn is, is having dreams as well. And then, of course, you find out that Rod had the dreams, too. Yeah, when they first, um, before Rod even gets to the house, uh, they're talking about the dream. And somebody says something about what he looks like. And there's a small little look that Johnny Depp gives yeah. that's a giveaway. And we're like, oh, he's he's had dreams too. But he never right. he never admits it. He never says anything or gives anything else away. Good filmmaking. That was good. I caught Gotta it. Gotta like it. Yeah. What I also like, what do you make about... Um... The one thing I like about this movie, too, is, I mean, throughout the whole movie, by design at first, it's hard to tell if you're in the real world or the dream world Yeah. for a little bit, you know? And then by the end, or not even in the end, by the time Rod starts dying, you start thinking to yourself, because he's screaming as the rope, as the bed sheets to being tied around his neck, yeah. and he's being dragged up. And in your mind, you're thinking, okay, so he is physically in the real world being dragged up and he's screaming, but is he still, is that what he's dreaming as well? Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would have, yeah, uh, shit. I don't know. I guess I would assume that he was. It makes it seem like it's the real world, but. Yeah. That's good. Good shit, man. I don't know. Well, after Tina dies and the cops are looking for Rod and they find him and, you know, there's the the arrest. I like, I love the scene where Nancy goes to school and she falls asleep in English class. Yeah, that was good. The body bag? Come on. I laughed out loud. Loved it. Oh, my God. And the legs lift up. Then she could not stop laughing. Oh, I thought it was, well, I remember it as scary from when I first saw it. Like, it's creepy. I didn't think it was stupid. That's not why it laughed. Yeah, right. I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Nice. I thought that there was, I just thought it was fucking funny. Like, Freddie's <laughs> like, I'm just going to lift your legs up and just drag her. I thought that was good. All right. Yeah. We have the uh, hall pass girl, too. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Uh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> and then you realize her sweatshirt, oh, it's not good. Yeah. It's the wrong You're color. In trouble. 
<laughs> We're in dream <laughs> world is... now. You're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I guess on that one, the second you see the body bag, you know she's asleep. But Yeah. Yeah. And then how great are the sets? The, uh, you know, the the sort of the steam pipe cellar. Oh, yeah. The the uh, the boiler room. The boiler rooms. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. That's actually like that. in the bottom of a Los Angeles County jail. Ooh. And That's then it scary. was eventually condemned for asbestos. So they were all filming with asbestos. Makes sense. I believe that. <laughs> Very 1980s. Yeah, no rules. No do rules. Whatever. They're all gonna die of cancer. <laughs> um, I liked, you know, I think it, um, the dream sequence that she has at school. I think that's that's when she decides I'm gonna burn myself so I can wake up, and yeah. he's obviously affected by it. But then she doesn't. That obviously worked, but she doesn't do that again. I well, feel like our... that was part of the way to like you know, get rid of him and she just chose a different path at the end and I know. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I wish that they had brought that is back. She like, always near like I guess there are other scenes in the in the boiler room, but but also she has different agendas because there are times where yeah. she needs to stay in the dream just long enough to you know to get him. Yeah. To get the alarm or get to the alarm or get Get to Glenn helping her, which he doesn't constantly. Yeah. Fucking Glenn. He's always failing. <laughs> Fuckers like if always he's having dreams, asleep. why aren't you helping? That's why. You're having dreams, dick. Glenn. Glenn uh, was kind of a failure in the way Johnny Depp would become a failure. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, De- It's weird to see Johnny Depp so young before he became a noted weirdo. <laughs> he just likes what he likes okay yeah he likes accessories and that's okay he doesn't have 43 rings and 73 bracelets on in this movie <laughs> just jingle jangle in a way yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh what else about like i so i mean since we're talking about boiler room stuff I think the use of sound and like music in this movie is fantastic. Uh, yeah. There's that sort Even... of psychoscape kind of <laughs> kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ethan watched a little bit uh of it with me this morning, and um... but only a little bit because he'd already seen it, right? Oh yeah, he's like, oh, this is one of my favorite movies growing up. I'm like, you don't watch scary movies. He's like, okay, well, this is one of the scary movies that I watched as a kid. He's like, this is good. He thoroughly Oh, wow. Enjoyed... You learned something about your husband. Yeah. Nice. He thoroughly enjoyed, um, you know, watching it with me. And he mentioned the music. He's like, ooh, yeah. Yeah. And then he was singing the nursery rhyme song. Uh-huh. I was like, are you whisper singing right now? He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good. That's great. You know what I realized, too, watching this as a 1984 movie? How much easier it was to fake out your parents. I I did not live that life. I was not able to fake my parents out in any sense. So No? No, yeah, no. Oh, That's definitely uh, something I always think about when I watch these types of movies. I'm like, what is going on? 
Mm-hmm. Are the parents just not watching their kids? And everyone lives in a two-story house, which I've lived in a two-story house before. You can hear fucking everything on the second floor. Oh, yeah. Floor. That, that's the so one how? thing about this movie where I think nobody's coming to, to check on the blood-curdling scream. <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck? Ugh. Good times. Yeah. Yeah, my so, wow. Freddy out of wall is amazing, I said. Oh, that's what I remember. So, yeah. When, uh, oh, yeah, on the ceiling? On the, yeah. Yeah, that was good. I, that's good I shit. I that, too. And that was all practical, too. They put, like, a sheet over a hole in the wall. It was good. And somebody came out through it. But you can't tell. I mean, it's 1984, but it looks like an almost digital effect. The effects were really good. Right? Yeah. So, from what I understand, the guy who did all the effects, including the the room that rotates, had a total of $47,000 to do everything. Oh. So, he got the most out of that money. He And he said, <laughs> okay, I'll do it all for $47,000. <laughs> and they asked him why, and he said, I needed a job. <laughs> well, job well done. Pretty fucking good. good. All right, well, let's take another break, and then we'll come back. Party. All right, right after this. Does the coronavirus have you feeling oogie? Have you been sitting on your couch for weeks? Nay, have you been sitting on there for months? Well, it's time for you to get back in shape. Check out 2 a T Fitness. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Facebook. To a T Fitness was started by Tina Bernard. She is ready and raring to go to help you get back into the shape you want to get into. They've got all kinds of classes. They've got outdoor in-person classes. They've got online classes if that's what you prefer. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get back in shape. You're going to find a variety of exercises. You're going to have strength training, cardio, weightlifting, even fun five-minute burnouts that will push you to your limits. So get off the couch, get into shape. Go ahead and check out Tua T Fitness. Tina Bernard has got you for all your needs. I know her personally. She's fantastic. You're not going to meet a better person to help you become the new you. Check it out. And we're back once again, everyone. Chu and I are here discussing her teachable moment. Because she's the only person in the world who hasn't seen A Nightmare on Elm Street. It's probably a five-year-old that's like, what's the matter with you? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, my sister hasn't seen a lot of movies, and I'm sure that this is on the list of movies she hasn't seen. Yeah? She's also 10 years younger than me. Case in point, she just recently watched... The Christian Bale Batman movies. Jesus. Yeah. Did she notice that third one isn't quite as good as everyone thinks? I shared that with her. She said it was good. Yeah. Uh, her and Spencer said that... Not good. <laughs> I think uh, maybe Spencer or one of them said they're like, maybe the third one might be better than the second one. I said, Not I under- whoa, whoa, hold, hold. No. You need to rewatch the second one. And just really delve, just dive into the Joker. Yeah. Because that shit's good. But they liked it. Or Jill I'm liked telling it. telling you, Chew, you got to watch that uh, that animated Harley Quinn. 
It's on the list. I have there, a large list. It's really difficult to get through. Okay. I'm also. <laughs> there is nothing funnier than the Tom Hardy Bane voice being used in a cartoon for comedy's sake. It's nothing funnier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, recently I clearly started... marked that I was having the steak at the wedding. Why are you eating my steak? Oh my fucking amazing. It's on the list. But right now, <laughs> I have started Grey's Anatomy for the first time. What? You're going to having... be watching that until you're fucking 70. <laughs> There's so many. It's like almost 20 years of, of TV. You could stop after about five, year five or six. Ooh. Maybe seven or eight. I forget. But Jill's seen, I think, all of it Oof. and watched it over. It was yeah. really good when it first started. It is good. I, I'm in season two right now. I'm, I'm having fun. Yeah. All right. But none of that is Nightmare on Elm Street. No. <laughs> what a surprise. We started talking about something else. <laughs> uh, where are we? Well, I don't know. What else strike? What else struck you about this movie? I really like that they eventually go to a dream institute. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, that that was... actually reminds me of The Exorcist. Oh, where yeah. We, we're looking for medical answers to these right. problems. Which honestly is a fair, um, it's a reasonable uh, course of action. Yeah. I get it. Um, yeah, the I liked that a lot. Obviously, um, not helpful. <laughs> She's no. still back at square one. Um, I think uh, going back to uh, the effects, one of my favorite effects, um, which I think is before she goes to the dream inst- or the sleep institute mm-hmm. is she's running in her house and she's running up the stairs and she yeah. sinks the gooey stairs. Yeah. Loved that. So that it's interesting some, you say that. That was some classic dream bullshit logic. Right? Yes. Yeah, that was good. It works. And the funniest part about that is that Wes Craven didn't want it. Oh, solid. That was a Bob Shea idea. The producer. Yeah. And it's interesting because like... You know, I think the from what I understand, I think the two men liked each other, but they would butt heads a lot and they'd argue a lot. Yeah. And look, Wes Craven wrote this movie and he was directing this movie. But Bob Shea said, this is my production. So he would pull that card and he would say, we're going to have some of the things I want. And this and the end of the movie are the two biggest disagreements. Oh, wow. And Wes Craven hated the idea so much that he wouldn't direct it. So Bob Shea directed that moment. Wow. And I think it's great. I loved it. <laughs> it works so good. Yeah, that was probably one of my favorite moments was the gooey stairs. I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah. We've all been there. Yep. Yep. I think it's fantastic. I love it so much. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's just, you can see pieces of carpet. Yeah. When she steps into the holes. And then they, I think they, they kept saying, what's it look like to you? What's she actually um, stepping in? I was think like cement, but not cement, like mud so, or like. They couldn't um, even seem to remember. One person said it was pancake batter. I was thinking like plaster before uh-huh. it hardens. It looks like marshmallow fluff to me. Oh, I like that. But not. Right, not sticky, 
Right. Because it's not. It was just dense and thick. So she said. (laughs) (laughs) How was his penis? (laughs) It was dense and thick. (laughs) Two words I hate. Little dense, little thick. You know what words I like? Peppy and cheap. (laughs) Dense and thick. You want some of that dense and thick? (laughs) Definitely some redundancies there, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I digress. That's a bit much. Anyway. Uh, So after the Sleep Institute, um, uh, Nancy's mom comes clean about who... Did she become an alcoholic awful quick to you? Yeah, like... She does not present as an alcoholic all the way, and literally until they're at... Is it Tina's funeral? Whose funeral are they at? Either Uh, hers or Rod's. Rod's and Tina's. Did did they do a joint one? I don't know, because it was right next to a fresh one. Yeah, but at one point, she's getting into the car, and she says, but I know who did it, Mom. It's a weird guy with a red and green sweater. His name's Fred Krueger, and the dad is like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. And from that moment on, which, you know, it does kind of make sense. If you had followed a man to his warehouse where he was molesting and killing children and then locked him in, and then lit the whole thing on fire and watched it burn, and you murdered someone, and you tried to get on with your life, maybe just hearing the name would be enough to, oop, back to the bottle. Back yeah. to the bottle for me. That's fair. But she became kind of... If You didn't see her drinking uh, until after yeah. the Sleep Institute. Right. Um, Yeah, and then uh at some point after that she tells Nancy just come down to the cellar and I'll tell you and i thought absolutely fucking not yeah <laughs> why don't you just bring up whatever you need to bring up from the cellar i'm not going down there <laughs> if anybody tells you i just got to talk to you but in the cellar come on who the fuck are you <laughs> no am i dreaming right now no 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 thank you choose number one rule in life no chats in the cellar fuck no or is every single light on in there? I don't want any shadows. I'll tell you who you couldn't be friends with. Tony Soprano. <laughs> he probably does a lot of conversations in the cellar. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> By the way, mom is Ronnie Blakely. And she's a Academy Award nominated actress, too, for Nashville. Oh, didn't know that. That's why I told Surprise. you. I knew that. <laughs> Just giving you pearls of wisdom. Thank you. I did notice the high school teacher uh, yeah. is the lady from Insidious. Yeah. And I enjoyed that because that's one of my favorite She's fantastic. Movies. Yeah. Do you know her name? I don't. Not off the top of, of my head. Of course not. Lynn Shay. Love her. She's great. I love her voice. Mm-hmm. Wish mine sounded like that. Otherwise. And when she wakes up out of that dream and she's screaming. Oh, yeah. Fuck. That was good. And Lynch is great in that moment. She's like looking at the class like, holy fucking shit. Okay. Let's all just um, come. Hey. Come down. You're going to need a, a hall pass. The hall Bitch. pass joke is great. I love the hall <laughs> yeah. pass joke. It's so good. 
There's a couple um, of those moments in this movie. There's a there's this little pops of relief. Yeah. Of good oh, jokes. One of my favorites is uh when Glenn is supposed to be staying up and his mom comes in comes in and checks on him, which I think we're probably about here anyway. Um, he's supposed to be staying up for Nancy, and he's watching the TV and mm-hmm. he has his headphones in. Yeah. And his mom's like, um. Well, how are you going to know what Miss Nude America is going to say? And he's like, what does it matter what she says? I got <laughs> <laughs> Ethan, I got a good laugh at that. I'm surprised that a teenager wouldn't have enough of a filter to know, don't say that to mom. Yeah, but mom took it pretty yeah. well. So maybe she has a sense what of humor. she has to say? <laughs> That's why you die, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> Because you're an ass. Because you're being a dick. <laughs> also, you didn't stay up because your girlfriend asked you. You couldn't have stayed up an extra 10 minutes. Come mm-hmm. on, guy. Um, but he talks about dream skills on the bridge, too. Yeah, he does. That's so it so... makes me kind of think that he's been practicing. Not enough. Clearly. He gets sucked into that bed, but hard. Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> and the booby uh, traps yeah um, I think you know the other thing that's really good about this movie is the sense of desperation for Nancy like the more we go along with her and the more we see like she hasn't slept in seven days and yeah. the idea just the it's it, to me it's just riddles me with anxiety the idea and thought of I cannot go to bed or I might die yeah you know Exactly. And this movie's really good with that. Yeah. Especially and you could, as we follow along with Nancy. And I like how they gradually add in stress to her face. So you can mm-hmm. tell she's a, she looks like she's a completely different person from start to finish. The gray hair. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, just the subtle uh, little details with makeup. You, She looks like she hasn't fucking slept. Her eyes look kind of like mm-hmm. cracked out a little bit. Um and there's a she's, great in-joke, too, because at one point she's looking at herself in the mirror and she goes, oh, my God, I look 20 years old. And she is 20. I was like, bitch, fucking shit. <laughs> 20 years old. Um, I laughed out loud. Uh, she starts taking As if 20 years film. old is the beginning of the end. Right. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, towards the beginning of the movie, she's trying to stay up. She, start, she goes to the medicine cabinet and starts taking uh, stay awake, fast acting. Yeah. Love that. Pretty yeah. sure that's meth. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy's on drugs. Old Nance. Big time. She's just trying to match mom. Yeah. Pill for shot. Um. Yeah, so she sets these booby traps and she tells her dad, you need to be over 20 minutes. I need you to come wake my ass up. Yeah, nobody does anything that she asks them to do, by the way. No. Nobody. I mean. Moms, boyfriends. Fucking dad. Nobody. Nobody helps. Nobody helps out. (laughs) God damn it. Yeah. I mean, at this point, if I were Nancy, I'd be like, you know what? Fuck you guys. You're on your own. Mm -hmm. I might just help Freddie get you guys because this is bullshit. Yeah. She really did a selfless. Selfless good deed. Now, do you know exactly how popular Freddie became? I mean, enough to make a large franchise. Right. 
but he also changed. Do you think of him as just strictly scary in this movie or funny too? Um, I mean, funny's not the at the top of my list, but I, okay. I can see that. Yeah. Because they dive deep into the humor aspect in the subsequent sequels. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. We're going to have to start watching these. These are yeah. like, like, you're going to. I mean, I enjoyed the first one enough to where, like, I would watch whatever the second one is. The second one is, I'm not even going to spoil it. It's fascinating. <laughs> that choice of word you used. Fascinating. Did you it and Tom do it? So interesting. No, we haven't done Nightmare yet. Uh, but there's there's an aspect of that film. I think I rewatched all the Freddies maybe a couple Halloweens ago, and I hadn't seen two in a really long time. Because I'll be honest, like I said, like all the other the sequels could be considered all How Dare You movies. Yeah, and they kind of just they are considered to be. Just more and more and more and more and more ridiculous as they go on. Right. Uh, but the second one tries to do something completely different in which the hero is male instead of female. So you don't have the final girl aspect. Yeah. But uh, I'm not going to say any more. Okay. Um, suffice to say that Freddy becomes more the jokester as the movies go on. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Devil may care. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, I mean, talking about the, the end scene the, or the final, you know, final showdown. So yeah, you know, she's she, putting herself to sleep finally. Yeah. She puts herself to sleep and she tries and, lures him back to the but real, it takes to... a while like she's in the dream world for a while and it's like yeah. it's spooky her walking around that shit because yeah. we're back in the boiler room yeah she's back in the boiler room and then she um she falls and she ends up back at her house still in dream world well she jumps she jumps or something yeah right yeah because that was follows. another big thing for this movie was, I think it was Wes Craven's daughter had said, whenever you're watching these movies, Dad, the girl always falls down. We don't fall down. We're not invalids. We can, right. You know what I mean? And so he specifically had that in his mind as he made the movie. Interesting. Yeah. Because I had grievances about the way everybody ran. <laughs> Uh, the classic horror film flailing about keep your arms at your side. You don't need to run like this. Why are your arms out so far? And then they're not running very fast at all. Const the constant look back. I'm going to need you to pick up the pace. Okay. <laughs> You're going to die. Well, at one point, it's really cool. At the beginning of the movie, they do the sort of, uh, you know, zoom as you're pulling out kind of jaws, like yeah. while Tina's running. And that works because it makes it look like Dreamscape and, you know. Right. Also a solid movie, Chew. Dreamscape. I don't. Uh, why is that Dennis familiar? Quaid. I don't know that. Oh, so good. Kate Capshaw. 
I'll take your word for it. George Wentz in it too. George went from house. Yeah. David Patrick Kelly. Good shit. Nice. That movie needs to be remade. But I digress. <laughs> We're talking about Freddy coming into the real world right now. Yeah. So he ends up in the house. She That's keeps great though her. too, right? Because yeah. did, did you, so when she wakes up out of the dream, were you faked out? I thought that there was a possibility that. Because it takes a hot second. Yeah. I was like, uh, I don't know. You can't trust it. Yeah. Because it's his, that's, that's not your world. It's but his world. But when he pops up. Yeah. Game on. Yep. And then uh, she gets out of the room. She sets her booby trap and he gets knocked. Sledgehammer. With the sledgehammer. That's great. <laughs> uh, and falls in, falls down the stairs. Yeah. And she keeps get calling the light for her bulb. dad. Yeah, the light bulb. Oh, yeah. And meanwhile, she's breaking windows and yelling at cops. And he's like, it's okay. Don't worry about Terrible it. Terrible policeman. Yeah. He should be fired. <laughs> That's not the job for you, buddy. And then they go into the boiler room. She sets him on fire. Now, this is Or, I'm great. sorry, the cellar. Back Do you know about this? He what looked, am I saying? Like, that was of an course actual, you don't know. But I, I would assume that that was an actual person on fire. It is. His... Uh, Let's see. His name is Tony Caesar. Here's what was supposed to happen. Tony Caesar is, you know, he's all set up. He's ready to be lit on fire. So he's in the corner. They're supposed to light him on fire. He's supposed to walk straight to the stairs. And at the bottom of the stairs, he's supposed to fall down. When he falls down flat like that, that's the cue to the rest of the set. You know, grab the fire extinguishers and put him out. Yeah. This guy <laughs> runs to the top of the stairs, then falls back down the stairs, then gets up and starts going back up the stairs, and then falls down. And then they put him out, and everybody's freaking out. They're like, Jesus Christ, are you okay? And he goes, yeah. How'd that look? <laughs> like, fucking great. It looked good. <laughs> it looked, it looked fucking amazing. <laughs> But that guy, he won an award for that stunt, I believe. I'm worthy of it. So good. Come on. Because you could tell, I was like, he's on fire for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't really cut uh, to a different angle for a minute. Right. Not a minute, but. They showed know. some other stuff. He's like, he's he's the thing on fire in at the end of Terminator when they blow up the truck. And the Terminator gets out of the truck and is walking. That's him. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good. Uh, good imp- uh, improvise. That was good shit. Mm-hmm. So Freddie breaks out of the uh the cellar, and he makes his way upstairs. Oh wait. Yeah. I came up with an album title. Ooh, what? Coffee pot deception. That's good. <laughs> I like when mom takes that one coffee pot out of the room and she's got a whole other one plugged in underneath her bed and she just brings it up. <laughs> yeah. Coffee pot deception. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're back upstairs. Freddie has made his way upstairs yeah. on fire. And then they're like, oh, shit. He's gone for mom. Because she killed him. Right. Uh, and then 
yeah, they break in and he's on top of her. And then, and then they just, (laughs) mom is charred to shit. Mom doesn't look good. And then she melts into the bed. Sort of. You know what I realized? I think I, I realized upon this watching that there must have been a certain amount of time that I thought mom was Freddy. Because I re-remembered oh. that it was mom <laughs> that's, like, sinking into the bed. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, it was definitely mom sinking it into is. the bed. It is. It's yeah. absolutely mom. Um, yeah. So uh, then Nancy's like, I can finish this. Don't worry about it. And then she It's does great, the whole... though, right? Because you know yeah. that she knows that it's yeah. not over. Yeah. You can tell. She does the old... Uh, Turn her back on him. She's listening to, she remembers Glenn's advice. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, the last scene, she wakes up, she walks outside. And as soon as it was foggy, I was like, oh, no, fuck no. No, 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 no. This is a trick. This is a trick. They must have filmed 12 different endings to this movie. Yeah, because it, it could have ended any number of ways. Wes Craven just wanted a happy ending. Everyone's back. That's what he wanted. So, again, I said earlier that this was they had two huge fights, the stairs and this. Yeah. And this was the huge fight. And this fight went on for so long because at some point, Bob Shea said to the guy who um, did the effects, he said, what if Freddie's hand came through the door and pulled mom through the door? And He was like, what the fuck? It's like, I guess we could build a doll and kind of like pull it through, but it's going to look like shit, you know? Yeah. And you can see how close or how short that cut is of mom going through the door. Yeah. Um, But they did, like I said, they must have done at least a dozen shots of this ending. And they were. So they're at the end of the shoot and they're showing it to Paramount to try and have Paramount distribute it. And somehow it did not get, word did not get to the editor that Bob Shea wanted the mom pulled through the door ending, which nobody else wanted. So in the middle of them screening this movie, he calls the editor who's up in the booth working on like sound mixing and shit. And he says, uh, what ending do you have on the movie right now? And he said, the one where the hood comes down and the kids drive off. And he goes, no, no, I was telling the guy from Paramount about the the door and he loves it. So he had to like call his assistant to bring the film over so he could cut it into the movie. They actually had to stop the movie for 10 minutes or something like that. Wow. At the end to put it all in. And that's why that ending is in. (laughs) Wow. Isn't that fucking great? I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that Freddie was like, actually, fuck you guys. Yeah. I'm getting all of you. Loved it. I'll say this for Bob Shea. The only reason he wanted that ending was for the possibility of sequels. And of course he was right, because this yeah. movie was a fucking smash hit. Yeah, great movie. It's so much fun. I wouldn't have been happy with a, a happy ending. That wasn't going to be my jam. <laughs> we know you like to end on a sour note 
Yeah. Like dead moms. <laughs> well, I mean, do you have any uh anything else? Um No. I don't think so. You know what the only other thing I I wanted to say? There's some funny there are some funny lines in this movie. I like at the beginning of the movie that when she has her first when Nancy has her first scary dream, her mom comes in and she says um, well, first of all, the boyfriend says, you coming back to the sack or what? It's like, man, kill <laughs> yeah. that guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rod was. No, it wasn't Rod. Need I mean, be... I mean, Nancy's mom's boyfriend. Oh, that's right. Remember that? Yeah, that was the very weird. Beginning? Yeah. But I also like that her mom, after that dream said, you got to stop that kind of dreaming, hun. Yeah, like, Mom, shut the fuck up. Go fuck yourself. Stop that kind of dreaming. What are you talking about? Shut the fuck up. I don't have control over that. How about if you stop murdering murderers, I won't have dreams. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, shit. What's your drinking game? Uh, Anytime Freddy slashes something with his finger knives. So it doesn't necessarily mean a death. It's just when he slashes something with his fingers. So when it goes through the curtains, yeah. cuts off or his own body, fingers, his own body. Clothes, yeah, whatever. So you're pretty much getting you're getting lit the first half of the movie. Yeah. Okay, maybe sip. Maybe take a couple sips. Not an actual <laughs> shot. <laughs> <laughs> What's yours? Well, I had a couple. One, one was hard because it was. It had to do with dreams. At first, I thought every time we go into a dream, but boy, that would just be too much liquor. Yeah. And then I thought every time you're not sure whether or not you're in a dream or not, but that's a kind of subjective. Yeah. So I decided to go. Again, you got to wait a while for this one, though. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to stick with it. Every time someone fails Nancy. Oh. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It, definitely towards the end, you're drinking a lot. Mm-hmm. Because you could That's count, you know, not like cops not believing her at the precinct yeah. to go get Rod. Like, come on. Yeah. Get your shit together. So, yeah, that's where I came out. I like that one. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Please, ladies and gentlemen, uh, look for Coffee Pot Deception to come to a store near you. (laughs) (laughs) That's the debut album of Freddy and the Knives. All right, that's it. We did it. Teachable moment, a nightmare on Elm Street. Chew is a better person. Just a little. Marginally, obviously. (laughs) We got a long way to go. Takes time to grow. (laughs) As we've previously talked about. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what do you think of the classic horror film, A Nightmare on Elm Street? Let us know. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Send us an email to the How Dare You Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, 
for Lady Chu of Tua T Fitness. Sorry, formerly of Tua T Fitness. <laughs> for Lady Chu, no longer of Tua T Fitness. Chance here of the How Dare You Awards. You'll be hearing us next week for an all-new shitty movie. Say goodbye, Lady Chu. Goodbye, everybody. Very nice. That was nice. It was genuine. Like a real person. Like. Operative word. Yeah. Yeah. Faking it, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Good day, madam. Good day. Well, thank you and fuck you. (laughs) Asshole. Uh, This looks great. See, I wrote body bag image and Nancy being chased is scowy. And I wrote (laughs) S-C-A-W-R-Y. Scowy. Tom probably will have a conniption when he hears me confuse Hitchcock and Craven. He's going to have a good time. (laughs) He's going to love it. (laughs) 